We are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Rachel. Welcome to episode 122, the sketchy Murdoch family. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Big fish in a small pond, part one. Shout out to Jamie for coming up with that name. Obviously, you practiced it beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, geez. Uh, Yes. So before we get into this, so this is part one. There will be a part two. Have you heard about this before? I've seen like pictures, but I haven't like dug into it and know much about anything. So this will be a new one for me. Okay. Hopefully I am better than uh, the intro. I'm sure it'll be fine. The story feels like 10 stories in one. Like so many things happen that, well, happened, yeah, that it just doesn't seem like it could be real, but it is. Lots of twists and turns. Yeah. 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 This this picture that you have in here of the three of them, this is the one that I've seen a lot of. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But before we get into this sketchy situation, we got some business to attend to. Yeah. What do we want them to do? Like, share, and subscribe. Please. Mm-hmm. Please. All day, Please every do. day. Yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> back on it. So tell a buddy and bring a friend. Also, we have Patreon. We do have Patreon. We have a $2 tier and a $5 tier with over 100 episodes. So if you're picking up what we're throwing down, you should join. Check it out. Yeah. And then uh, we got our month planned out for December, but we're starting to gear up for January topics. So if you have anything that you would like to hear, uh, anything crazy that you've um, came across, just shoot us a message and let us know, and we will add that to the list. We love doing the episode suggestions that you guys give us. So, And then one last thing that I have. I haven't really let Rachel talk at all during this business. So maybe she has totally something. no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are actually, Rachel and I are going to be doing a podcast. Uh, we're going to be on an episode of their podcast. My cousin, Justin, he has a podcast called our top five podcast. And you can find that on Instagram, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we are going to be recording Wednesday. I don't know when it's going to be released, but we will post it on our page as well. I'm super excited about it. My whole childhood has was action movies, right? Yeah. And we are doing our top five. So you pick a topic and then you put the top five of what you feel. And it's going to be on Sylvester Stallone. And everybody's going to be wrong except for me. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be wrong according to you because yeah, Rocky don't is tell not going to be in my top five. This is bullshit. <laughs> Un-American. Rocky is the greatest love story that's ever been told. Ever. It's better than The Notebook or any other crap that people watch. It's Yo, Adrian, it's me, Rocky. I mean, hello. That's the best line I've ever heard of in my life. Anyway, we might be adding Bruce Willis onto this as well, which is also my childhood love. I would really excited. I would like to say that I would really like Bruce Willis to be added on there because I don't have a whole lot to say about Sylvester Stallone. Well, thank God, because I do. I have a whole (laughs) lot to say. Now, Bruce Willis, (laughs) I want him on. Yeah. The list. I think. I think that would be fun. So we'll probably do both of those. But um, but yeah, so we will be posting that at some point, probably next week-ish. Um, and just a little teaser for you guys. It might be something that we do um, more frequently. We don't really have the logistics. He's all the way in Pennsylvania. So we have to mm-hmm. kind of coordinate some things. And he has a life and a business and everything. So and we're, we're barely hanging on over here, so calm down with the Man, extra you're episodes. Right. <laughs> you're right. It is 9.37 p.m. on Monday. when, <sighs> And as soon as we get done, this is going to be released. But mm-hmm. damn it, they're getting their episodes on Monday. 
We're making it happen. We are. Okay. Was All there anything right. else business-wise that you wanted to discuss? I don't think so. Okay. Well, why don't you get us started with this? Okay. This episode, we're going to be discussing the Murdoch family and this story. It's not a story. I keep wanting to say that, but all of this stuff feels straight out of a murder mystery novel. It is ridiculous. To start things off, I think it's best to give a little bit of background on the family. So we're going to talk about them for a little bit and we're going to cover going all the way back to the 1920s. So over three generations, a member of the Murdoch family served on the 14th Circuit Solicitor, which is the group of government or whatever, which leads prosecutions for Allendale, Beaufort, Colton, Hampton, and Jasper counties in the southern part of South Carolina. Mm, Wow. Randolph Murdoch Sr. is elected to the 14th Circuit Solicitor's Office in 1920 and served in the position until he died in 1940. His son, Randolph Murdoch Jr., then takes over the position and served until his retirement in 1986. Then his son, Randolph Murdoch III, (laughs) is elected in 1987 and served through the end of 2005. Wow. So it's a long lineage. Yeah, quite the span of Murdoch's. And this means for 87 years, the Murdoch family name came to represent a legal dynasty in um, coastal South Carolina, where three successive generations controlled the local prosecutor's office, which means they were in charge of prosecuting all the criminal cases in the state's 14th Circuit District which led the locals to call the uh, five-county district Murdoch Country. Of course. Yeah. Because it's their house. It's it's crazy. That's, I don't know. That's like a monopoly, isn't it? Like, I don't know. It feels like it. I mean, they were, um, you know, elected into power there. So, you know, it's not like it was illegal that it was happening. There was an election all of that hmm. <laughs> business. But the fact that they prosecuted all the criminal cases in the state, I mean, that comes with a lot of power. Right. The family also founded a nationally recognized civil litigation law firm in Hampton, South Carolina, that specialized in personal injury litigation. Randolph Sr., who started Peters, Murdoch, Parker, Eldsroth, and Detrick in 1910 has had generations of his family continue to work at the firm, including his son, Randolph Murdoch II, his grandson, which was same dude III, and his great-great-grandson, Randolph Randy Murdoch IV, wow. <laughs> and Alex Murdoch, who is a key person in all of this business. Okay, so remember Alex. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Do, do do that. So yeah, I don't know. Crazy. Okay. In 2006, then governor Mark Sanford appoints attorney Duffy Stone to serve as the 14th circuit solicitor, making him the first non Murdoch in the position. He had been elected to the position three times since most recently in 2016. Mm-hmm. As previously stated, Alex Murdoch, who is 63 years old, worked at the law firm Peters, Murdoch, Parker, Elsroth, and Dietrich. He married Margaret Murdoch, who was 52 years old, and they had two sons, Buster, 26 years old, and Paul, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Margaret, or Maggie Murdoch, whose maiden name was Brandstetter, was the granddaughter of a simple barber from rural Kentucky such a hard word rural rural yeah rural. it doesn't it's not right <laughs> um, maggie's parents terry and kennedy brandstetter were high school sweethearts who met at canverna high school in tiny horse cave kentucky horse cave kentucky wows mm. wowzers um around about 1960 they crossed the border into tennessee to marry because they were underage in kentucky that's so funny 
because I think my grandparents went to Kentucky to get married because they were too young to get married here in Ohio. Isn't it weird that people did and do that? That is weird. <laughs> like, yeah. just wait. Right. But I mean, back <laughs> then you weren't as alive as long, so you had to get started early. <laughs> I guess. And I suppose premarital sex was more of an issue. Yeah, that's true. Everybody's doing everybody <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> right. Uh, Terry got three job offers after college from IBM, Ford, and DuPont. He once said he specifically got his dad's blessing to go with DuPont, even though his father had always been a Ford man, which was like super important back in the day, like Mm -hmm. to be a Ford or a Dodge or whatever. Um, Maggie was born while her parents were living in the Nashville area, but Terry's job with DuPont led him to be transferred first to Wilmington, uh, North Carolina, and then to Unionville, Pennsylvania, where the family lived from 1980 to 1987. Um, It says her parents were very proper. Lisa Heinemann Moore, who was a friend and ran track with Maggie at Unionville High in Pennsylvania between 1984 and 1986, told The Post. She said, we had our little cliques and we ran after boys and did a lot of partying and drinking. But I think her dreams were what she was taught. She was from the South and the Southern dream for a girl that time was to finish college. Maybe, but more importantly, to find a husband, get married, and have kids. And oh, how times are a-changing. Aren't they? Yeah, they sure are. Probably, I feel like that change is, like, the change is a little slower in the South, probably. Yeah, probably. But I think it's interesting to read this stuff, too, from a perspective of where we're from. This doesn't, like, there's not really stories like this. Things like this didn't don't happen around here as often right like no well and i feel like it's because dayton is a pretty i mean even though city to to us it's not a big city but Mm -hmm. compared to this it is a bigger city so it's not Mm -hmm. like we're working on the farm even though everybody who hears ohio thinks that we're farmers we're not farmers (laughs) right i would not survive I just don't know of any like local like legal dynasties no. of families. And then again, I kind of stay out of trouble, so it's not like I would, but you know, I'm sure it happens and we probably have and I'm just not aware of it, but I don't know. South is a little bit different than what mm-hmm. we're used to, I think. Yeah. Terry's last job with DuPont brought him to Cooper River, South Carolina, and Maggie enrolled at the University of South Carolina, where she met Alex Murdoch, who was one grade ahead of her in the late 1980s. They were married in the 90s and had their two boys. Uh, By most accounts, her older child, Buster, was much more easygoing and well-adjusted than her younger boy, Paul. Paul was a handful, even as a little boy. A family member told the Post, I saw him snap at least once, the family member said. He told his Aunt Nancy to go F-U-C-K herself. Herself. We we do not censor here. (laughs) This is marked explicit. Okay, we can say it. I feel like I don't uh, censor myself if I'm saying it, but when I'm reading it. (laughs) Right. It's like, should I say it? I don't know. Yeah. It was about 10 years ago, and he would have been around 11. I was alone with him, and maybe a few other kids were there. I was on his case about it, but he said he didn't give a shit. He did not take authority well. So (laughs) that will uh, become relevant in a little while. Wow. (laughs) He was 10. Yeah, and he told his aunt to go fuck herself. (laughs) How do people not come, like, like, just involuntarily, like... Unglued. A smack to the face. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? You were yeah. 10. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, on February 2nd, 2018, Gloria Satterfield, who served as the housekeeper and nanny for the prominent Murdoch family for more than two decades. Wow, that's a long time. Suffered a severe head injury when she fell down the front steps at the Moselle estate and died on February 26, 2018 of complications, including a stroke. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, it so, had been re- okay. I don't think I put this in here, but the Moselle estate was one of the Murdoch's houses. houses. Yeah. yeah. They had multiple and she was practically family. 
I mean, she was there all the time. Their family was close with her family. Like it was, you know, they were all close. I wonder what kind of like benefits a housekeeper nanny would receive for two decades. Like if she had a pension, I don't know. I'm just curious how that works. I'll read on a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Am I foreshadowing here? Uh, a little <laughs> okay it has been reported as a trip and fall accident but no coroner was notified no autopsy was performed and the death certificate said it was by natural causes which i mean a fall down the stairs that's not natural i don't know if that would be listed as well that should be an accident right right i mean that is definitely an accident that's not natural I wonder if it's because she died in the hospital from complications, including yeah. a stroke that they said. I don't know. I don't know how they get off being able to do that. Yeah, that's very fishy. A coroner testified that describing her death on the death certificate as natural was improper. Shock. I'm shocked. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alex demonstrated suspicious behavior around her death, including arriving on the scene before the EMTs and insisting he heard her say that his dogs had caused her fall, contradicting her own statement later that she had no idea what caused her fall. So that is very suspicious. Yes, it is. I feel like I know where this is going. <laughs> I don't know if you do because, well, anyways. Following Satterfield's death, Alex Murdoch told her sons that he would sue himself to take care of the family financially. So Mm. Satterfield's two sons were awarded an insurance settlement for the accidental and or (laughs) heavy on the or natural death. But by 2021, they had not received any money. According to multiple indictments, Alec Murdoch, Alex Murdoch, Chad Westendorf, and attorney Corey Fleming conspired to steal the Satterfield's $4.3 million insurance policy settlement. Okay. That answers one question. <laughs> the scam worked by diverting the insurance payout to Alex's account and then not notifying the Satterfield's that insurance settlement had occurred. It involved forgery, Murdoch's uh, law firm, PMPED, and Palmetto State Bank. The Satterfield sons were ultimately able to recover the money uh, during some subsequent lawsuits. Well, good for them. That's bullshit. Then, on September 15th, 2021, authorities announced they were opening a criminal investigation into Satterfield's 2018 death. In June 2022, so not that long ago, mm-hmm. authorities received permission to exhume Satterfield's body in order to continue the investigation into her death. So, to wow. back this up just a little bit, Alex Murdoch told the brothers to use Corey Fleming as their attorney, which is somebody that he was very close with. So, they were using this attorney. That was suggested by the person that they were suing. Which is like never a good idea. (laughs) No, no. Right. Wow. Now, granted, they thought Alex was like looking out for their best interest when obviously he was not. But yeah, like they thought that they they thought that they could trust him. Right. Their mother worked there for two decades. And like, this is how you're going to do it. Like, that's so jacked up. Like, and they didn't know any other attorneys. They didn't know anybody else to use. So they were taking advice from a friend, basically. Wow. That's terrible. Who then robbed them. Right. Yeah. So. Just forgot to mention that stuff was just going into his bank account. I mean, mm-hmm. I get it. There's just probably and- so much in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't realize why are the payments going into your bank account, sir? Right. Like that's the first red flag. That is not legal at all. Um, but you know, I, it caught up with them. So good. Yep. All right. Now we're going to skip ahead to 2019. Well, go back to 2019, I guess. 
ahead and back. I'm kind of busting these like separate stories. I keep saying stories. I shouldn't. I don't know what the right word is. These separate occurrences. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to tie all back together later. But okay. Um, so on February 23rd, 2019, Mallory and her boyfriend, Anthony, planned to spend Saturday night at a house party and oyster roast. What? That sounds delicious. I've never had an oyster roast. Have you? Do you no? like oysters? I like Rockefeller oysters in, uh, in Nolens that I ate with like a bunch of pep- or uh, cheese on there. Mm. I don't mm-hmm. think that's how an oyster roast works. <laughs> well, typically you don't roast or anything an oyster. You just eat it and it's like a booger. Well, yeah, you can have them cooked. Yeah, I could eat them cooked. I don't know. I just we'll give don't... it a try. With my new stomach, we'll try it. We'll see what it does. <laughs> see, see what happens. <laughs> uh, okay, so they were at an oyster roast, which was pretty cool, on Pocky Island with their friends. Anthony's cousin, Connor Cook, and Connor's girlfriend, Miley, what is that, Altman? Mm-hmm. They decided to meet first at Murdaugh Island, which is a river property owned by the family of their friend, Paul Murdoch. Since Paul and his then-girlfriend, Morgan Dowdy, were also going to the party, the friends agreed that they would take Paul's family boat there. Okay. I'm liking mm-hmm. all of this so far. Mm-hmm. except that he has a freaking island named after him i'm super jelly about that <laughs> i don't even think it's a real island but yeah a place so why on a not so pleasant february evening with temperatures in the upper 50s did murdoch and his friends decide to boat to the oyster roast that was 18 miles away instead of driving when it was already dusk they did I this guess. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> but I like boats, so I get it. <laughs> they own boats, though, and they live That's there. True. <laughs> That's true. It probably takes away For some us. of the allure of boating yeah. if you own a boat. <laughs> For us, we're like, pop on some hoodies and let's right. go for a boat ride. But yeah, no, not the case when you live and own one. Probably not. Um, they had heard there was an alcohol checkpoint that night, um. according to the depositions, which occurred later um in other words the implication is that they knew that they were going to drink and drive that night and thought it would be a lot less likely for them to get caught by boat Hmm. but oh god have you ever driven a boat at night that would be the worst i've i've never driven a boat (laughs) like that would be the worst i would you would be so paranoid you cannot see shit even if you have a light like you can't see anything that's mm-hmm. terrifying to me. It's it is very it like throws you off because you really yeah. can't see where the land is half the time either. If no it's enough, so you don't know what's going on. No, there's a little light on your boat just so other boats can see that you're there, but nothing right. else has lights on it. <laughs> like you, they really should put lights along the coast, shouldn't they? <laughs> oh, that would be yeah, very smart. That probably wouldn't look very nice. But... Not during the day, but who cares? At night, it'd be beautiful. And this is about to make it worse. Listen to this. Oh, God. Okay. Paul Murdoch drove his father's 17-foot sea hunt boat, which didn't have working lights. Oh, my God. That meant that the boaters had to take (laughs) turns holding a flashlight to give them visibility. Wow. Yeah. I should put in here also that at the time that this was happening... These guys are all underage. So, so they they're under drinking. 21. They're not supposed to be drinking at all. So, yeah. Wow. That's like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible. If you you would be safer to drink and drive than you would be to drink and drive a boat blind with no lights. Really, mm-hmm. like, I don't condone any of it, obviously, but. Yeah, that's just especially not the best. that. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, earlier that day, surveillance cameras captured Paul Murdoch purchasing alcohol at a local convenience store. He used the ID of his older brother Buster. What a convenient little thing that would be having a <laughs> having an ID of your your brother. Uh, 
the group left what i was just gonna say though i don't know maybe not i was gonna say how famous is this family because you would think everybody would know them so wouldn't oh, everybody yeah. know that he was underage maybe not That's maybe true. not everybody knew him you know well that could be true or it could be well i don't want to get messed up with this family so i'm going to give him whatever he wants because he's the man but you would think it would be the opposite like man if i give this kid alcohol and his dad finds out i'm going to get in big trouble like i don't know it could go in either, either way yeah okay so yes he used his brother's id the group left by boat around 7 p.m in her interview with investigators, Miley says that they arrived at the house party while uh, where they spent several hours. At around midnight, she said she left the party with Paul, Morgan, Anthony, Mallory, and Connor. Boaters say Murdoch and the passengers were drinking prior to their arrival at the house party on Polkey Island. Some things to note about the activities at the house party were there were several adults at the party and Mallory's beach uh, Mallory Beach's boyfriend, Anthony Cook, who was the oldest in the group, suggested that the group get an Uber smart because of the alcohol they consumed. One of the boaters said everybody in quotations at the party was talking about how they shouldn't be driving the boat back, which is duh, super mm-hmm. duh. Um, none of the adults gave alcohol to the underage boaters at the party. <sighs> I mean, come on, you don't need to give it to them. They're just going to take it. Or they had it. It seems like they brought it. Yeah, that could be too. Bought their own. But also, if a cop comes to a party and is like, did any adults give any of the underage people anything to drink? Everybody's going to be like, no. Right, right. (laughs) No, not me. What what Uh, do you got on us? (laughs) And the The last one is Paul was intoxicated when he left the party, but was still determined to drive the boat because Paul is dumb. Paul is definitely dumb. When they got back on the boat, Miley says Paul insisted on driving to a bar in downtown Beaufort. Wow. GPS records pulled from the boat's device show the group tied the boat up at a dock around 1245 a.m., Investigators say Paul and Connor went to a waterfront bar and ordered two rounds of shots. Connor later testified he used a fake ID to get in and said Paul used his brother Buster's ID. Wow. Surveillance video captured the two seated at the bar while the rest of the group remained outside waiting for them to return. Investigators say just after 1 a.m., Paul and Connor rejoined their friends and headed back to where the boat was docked. By this point, Paul was allegedly intoxicated and acting rash. That was according to law enforcement interviews with some of the other passengers. Hmm. At around 1.15 a.m., there was another... I mean, all of this stuff was caught on camera. Like them docking, going to the bar, being at the bar, going back. So at around 1.15, there was another camera that captured the group boarding the boat and taking off. So that was a half of an hour. Right. Not very much time. But while they were in the bar, they ordered two rounds of shots. So they took two shots after they were already drunk at the bar. I'm not here to judge. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are. Actually, that is (laughs) that's our whole job. (laughs) That's exactly what we're here to do (laughs) right now. Uh, I mean, you can't say that you've never been trashed and been like, let's do two shots. And you'll be like, "Okay," because we've done it before. Yeah, but guess what? I wasn't doing later driving my boat with no light. (laughs) Yeah, no, we never, we never drove anywhere because we're smart. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make it does not make sense to me. This guy is irrational. It just seems like he don't give a shit. Like he can do whatever he wants, and that's what happens. The the king of South Carolina, Mm -hmm. and yeah, can't get in trouble. Whatever. Yep. (laughs) While they were at Luther's, Paul Murdoch allegedly became very drunk, according to the depositions filed with the Parker's pleading. His friends claimed he has a drunk alter ego named Timmy. That's hilarious. Who came out that night? I also had an alter ego. However, she was not named. 
according to well terminator terminator eyes <laughs> uh close to timmy <laughs> very similar actually uh, that is what we called you just not to <laughs> Oh, God. According to... That's why I don't drink hardly anymore. Um, According to his friend's depositions, Murdaugh's eyes uh, get as wide as half dollars without Whereas blinking. Allison's turn red. <laughs> and they get really squinty. Like, you can't see. I can't see. And you can't see my eyes. <laughs> okay. So his eyes got as wide as half dollars without blinking when he gets in Timmy mode. Okay. Timmy mode. I cannot. Okay. He holds his hands sprawled out, does erratic movements with his arms, and he was an angry drunk too, so you could always tell when he became Timmy. This sounds like a story I've heard <laughs> that I've lived. <laughs> uh, Paul was allegedly so intoxicated while at Luther's that he almost got into a fight with a patron and started throwing chairs before they left, according to depositions. I've never done that. No. And you were pretty controllable when you were in Terminator mode. (laughs) Just needed to put you to bed ASAP. (laughs) Give me something to eat and put me to bed. And that's what I needed. I feel like the problem was that normally somebody else was causing trouble or being annoying yes me. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it has been me before sometimes other people and i feel like it's always at the end of the night and you're just like done <laughs> yeah and then it just there's terminator eyes yeah like time didn't to even get know her it. home immediately <laughs> anyways according to miley now actually before we go on, I'm going to just go over the names again because it's kind of confusing all of the people that were there. There's Anthony Cook mm-hmm. and Mallory Beach. And then Anthony's cousin Connor Cook was there with Miley. So those two are paired off couples, right? Mm-hmm. Anthony and Morgan or Mallory were together and then Connor and Miley were together. And then Paul's girlfriend was there too and her name's Morgan okay so it's all a bunch of M girl names and it gets I don't know it just confuses me personally because I'm like what and then if you look at pictures of them they're all like beautiful blondes like that doesn't help (laughs) they all look the same (laughs) like I don't know who is who but um yeah according to Miley some of the group started arguing with Paul after she says he started driving in circles and acting drunk. Everybody was trying to talk Paul into letting Anthony drive the boat, and Paul refused. Anthony and Paul were fighting because Mallory was telling Anthony that she was scared, and Paul said something to Mallory like, shut up, and Anthony didn't like that. Yeah. Miley told investigators Anthony asked Paul to let him out at a nearby dock, but Paul refused. So at this point, it sounds like everything's kind of going off the rails. Mm-hmm. Like Paul's acting super drunk. Everybody's getting mad and upset and wants him to stop. Paul's then girlfriend was at the front of the boat of the boat. So that's Morgan. A belligerent Murdoch would leave the wheel, walk to the front of the boat to yell at her. Wow. While Connor would then grab the wheel while he was up there yelling at her. This happened three times, according to what they said. Paul then pushed, spit on, and slapped his girlfriend in the face. Never. Absolutely not. In the back of the boat, Mallory and Anthony had had enough. Mallory yelled at Paul to stop. He turned and pointed at her and could tell... Somebody said he turned and pointed at her and I could tell he was about to say something and I told him not to make that mistake. And he stared at me for a second and went to steering the wheel. That's what Anthony said. And he said that he believes that's when they took off. Investigators would later note the onboard Garmin GPS showed the speed of the boat 
increased at a certain point and that's what he's aligning that time to then anthony and mallory were at the back of the boat uh-huh facing the engine i think and they were like underneath blankets yeah just trying to like i think get out of the air and because mallory was super scared yeah well and you know that's exactly what i was gonna say is that you know that they weren't putting along in this boat they were probably going like full steam Mm -hmm. ahead and that is so dangerous if they Mm -hmm. hit like a log like everybody's dead like Mm -hmm. scary after entering archer's creek anthony cook sat on the bottom of the boat clinging to his girlfriend mallory in his lap because the boat was going too fast depositions say uh seconds later around 2 20 a.m the 17 foot center console boat huh struck the pilling at archer's creek bridge beach and cook were both flung into the dark water only one of them resurfaced connor called 911 and begged for help first responders immediately began searching for mallory that is so scary I didn't know Mm. that this part happened. That was all just, I didn't know that. But yeah, like that's exactly what would happen whenever you're going that fast. That's terrifying. And all it takes is one bump on the nog. You're passed out in the water and that's it for Mm -hmm. you. And yep. And that's exactly what happened. And then two, everybody else, not everybody, but I think two of the other people were injured pretty well too. I bet. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. Then Beaufort County Deputy Sheriff Stephen Domino was one of the first responders to arrive. He told 48 Hours that when he arrived, he found Anthony distressed and pacing. He says he managed to calm Anthony down and asked him to sit in his patrol car. When Paul Murdoch walked up from the boat, Domino says Anthony grew agitated. He actually tried to push through me to get to Paul, Domino said, because I guess he saw him smiling and it just set him off again. Anthony told Domino he saw Paul driving the boat right before the crash. So around this whole thing, it wasn't super clear who was driving. Mm-hmm. Well, because he would leave too, like to the front of right. the boat. I mean, because yeah. he had left and everybody else besides Connor, because really it was either Connor or Paul driving. Right. Mm-hmm. But the two girls Paul and Connor's girlfriends were up at the front. Connor's girlfriend was comforting Paul's girlfriend because he's a dick. Yeah. And the other two were in the back of the boat. So not facing the driver or the front. So there's a little like back and forth around that. Now, if you're interested, there is quite a bit, uh, not, not quite a bit, but there is some audio and I think video from dash cam from the patrol cars that were there. So this situation between anthony and paul was caught on camera anthony's cussing him out and trying to go after him because his girlfriend's missing right Um, and these two had been together for a long time they looked like it seemed like they were like gonna get married and have babies and like be real cute you know what i mean that's such a they had known each other since they were like really really little kids so it was just i don't know it's a very sad sad situation anyways do you want me to read <laughs> yeah go ahead you can look a little thrown off on where we are <laughs> no I, I see but i just i don't know it always seems like in situations like this whenever somebody causes some catastrophe they always walk away fine and mm-hmm. it's the people that have nothing to do with it like mm-hmm. and that's terrible Mm -hmm. that's terrible i don't know it is and you would like hope the person that caused it would feel remorse and feel bad for what they had done Mm -hmm. and it's always in the case where they basically did it on purpose yeah i mean this is just pure negligence and Mm -hmm. he walks away fine and yeah it doesn't seem to be remorseful at all yeah of of the damage that he has caused and yeah it's just disgusting but that's kind of who this kid is right he doesn't have any consequences he just does whatever he wants yeah he's like the fifth uh fifth or sixth you know 
what is that generation of mm-hmm. like having it all given to you basically and then you just end up being a complete spoiled brat that's like even though i am in no financial you know i'm not special or anything but having one child and not another you know another one you worry as a parent that am I going to spoil my kids so bad that they're going to act this way? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because they, they're just so used to being catered to their whole Mm -hmm. life. And that's a hard like thing. I mean, what is that? I'm going to screw this like saying up, but it it's about men in war. So like the comfortable men cause the wars that build the strong, like good Mm -hmm. people. And then we just get weak and lazy again and then cause more wars, like not understanding what we're doing. And that's kind of how this works. Like they've raised, I mean, and it's not the reason why I put so much information about the mom was kind of to show, you know, she came from like humble beginnings in her family. She was not by most accounts, a spoiled little brat, you know, Mm -hmm. it sounds like, maybe she was just in over her head getting in with this family kind of situation and then to have two boys like I don't know it just I don't know I feel I feel for her yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that just feel bad that you know because I'm sure you feel responsible oh yeah how could you for everything your child does so Mm -hmm. you know it's just I don't know and then he sounds like such a little monster. Yeah. And another thing I want to say real quick, and I don't, I must have heard this in the Dateline podcast that I listened to about this story, but Connor's parents were interviewed later and they were talking about how they always, because Connor had been friends with Paul for a long time and I think Anthony too. And his parents had told, like Connor's parents had told him, you be careful being friends and hanging around with Paul because Mm. if you two get in trouble Paul's not getting in trouble you're getting in trouble yeah like we can't afford and we don't have the connections to pull you out of trouble and if somebody needs blamed it's gonna be you wow that's terrible mm -hmm, it is the passengers were transported to a hospital so everyone except for Mallory's boyfriend, Anthony, who wanted to stay behind. Connor was treated for a broken jaw and Morgan's hand was badly injured. According Mm. to hospital staff, Paul was uncooperative. Medical staff drew Paul's blood several hours after the crash and his blood alcohol content was 0.24, which is three times over the legal limit. Wow. Hospital staff also told investigators that they observed Paul's father, Alex Murdoch, going from room to room, attempting to speak with the survivors. A security guard also reported that he overheard him on the phone saying, she's gone, don't worry. Oh, my God. Don't really understand what that would be in reference to. I mean, I'm assuming Mallory Beach, but I don't really get it but he was going to their rooms to try to tell them that connor was driving that boat Uh uh-huh oh yeah setting him his son up so that he wouldn't have to take the fall for this that's despicable Mm -hmm. investigators hold on one other thing (laughs) yeah sorry i listened to too many podcasts other podcasts about this (laughs) um another thing that i didn't put in the notes because i listened to it today after i had already done the notes um was that typically at a situation like this they would take like do a field sobriety test right at the time not take every like take him to the hospital when it wasn't an emergency um and then have to wait several hours before they take his blood that's not normal Mm -hmm. and on the police reports they basically put that it was inconclusive who was driving the boat even though basically everyone said Paul was driving the boat except for Paul. I think he didn't say yeah. that. Wow. So, which just to take that a step further means that later, if this goes to court, which it did, P.S. Spoiler alert, the 
like Paul's lawyers could use that opening to just say, because they said it was inconclusive on the scene, they can say, well, we don't even know for sure that Mm -hmm. Paul was driving the boat. Wow. And what if Paul wasn't driving the boat? What if no one was driving the boat? That's still Paul's fault. (laughs) Exactly. It's his boat. So, you know. Mm, Okay. Investigators and volunteers used rescue boats, divers, and a helicopter, and they spent eight days searching for Mallory Beach. On March 3rd, 2019, two volunteers found her body about five miles down the river from the crash scene. Beaufort Coroner Edward Allen determined she died of blunt force trauma and drowning. What so exactly a what terrible, you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Ugh. Um, A month after the boat crash, Mallory's family filed a wrongful death suit against members of the Murdoch family, allowing them to uh, depose the survivors. On April 18th, 2019, on what would have been Mallory's 20th birthday, Paul Murdoch was indicted and charged with three felony counts of boating under the influence, including causing the death of Mallory Beach and seriously injuring two other passengers. Paul pleaded surprise surprise not guilty to all the charges and was out on bond awaiting trial which do you even think like Mm. he shouldn't have been let out on bond Mm -mm. he's a flight risk i guess they didn't think so (laughs) wow (laughs) paul murdoch's now former girlfriend good for you morgan Mm -hmm. morgan dody Detailed in court papers how the Murdoch family enabled Paul's binge drinking while underage prior to uh, the deadly boat crash in 2019. Paul, quote, consumed alcohol on an almost daily basis and regularly drank to the point of becoming grossly intoxicated. This was a fact known by his family members, according to Dowdy's affidavit. Murdoch would regularly drink to the point of drunkenness while in front of his family members. He drove cars and boats while under the influence, and Murdoch's parents gave him money to purchase alcohol, according to this document. In the affidavit, Dowdy lists out 22 videos and screenshots from those videos that she took prior to the boat crash where Paul Murdoch was intoxicated with his family or was enabled by his family. Wow. Now that's some damning shit right there. Mm-hmm. So these videos, they include... I'll let you read this stuff. Okay. Uh, A video taken on July 4th, 2018, where Dowdy is administering a shot to Murdoch's father, Alex. She said Paul was on the boat and also grossly intoxicated. A video taken December 31st, 2018, where Paul was intoxicated from alcohol provided by his father. The affidavit states, afterward, Paul drove Alex's truck with Alex's knowledge and wrecked into one of his, um, of his, Paul's friend's BMV, BMVs, BMWs. That sounds expensive, expensive. Alex paid cash to fix the car after the collision. So I'm sure no insurance was involved in that. Mm -hmm. A video taken in December 2017 where Paul is intoxicated at Moselle from alcohol he used his brother's ID to buy and with his parents' knowledge. So this was an okay thing. Um, Paul's mother picked us up that night because Paul was so drunk and acting crazy, the document said. A video taken in Arizona in 2017 where Paul's brother Buster is arm wrestling with Alex's friend, lawyer Corey Fleming. The affidavit states Fleming has since faced indictments in the Murdoch saga and also provided Paul with alcohol that night. The document states. So there's just like so many different pieces of evidence. I mean, holy crap. Mm -hmm. A video without a date taken um, at a party at Moselle where Alex uh, where it said in quotes, Alex provided a keg of beer for a number of minors and Buster saw his brother intoxicated. A video taken at the Boathouse restaurant in Hilton Head Island where Paul used his brother's ID again to buy alcohol while Buster used his passport. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. the fuck? Which, like, how do you do that? (laughs) I don't know. Do they look like that much alike to where, like, it could be... I guess, but not if they're both sitting next to each other and one of them is using 
the ID and the other one is using their passport. And also PS Paul is either 17 or 18 at this time. Yeah. Wow. So it's not like he probably, I mean, he looks like a little kid mm-hmm. in all of the pictures. So like nobody he cares looks like a 17 year old. Yeah. It's right. not like he looks like he's 21 or anything. <laughs> Um, the affidavit states Paul's parents were present and knew and paid the bill for the alcohol. I mean, if that's not um, acknowledging and accepting, I don't know mm-hmm. what is. The last one is the two uh, last two videos came from a wedding in 2018 where Paul had become intoxicated and his parents were there and knew of his condition. The document states in quotes, Alex and Maggie argued on the way home that night because Alex also took a painkiller and became aggressive. We dropped Alex off at his parents' house on the way home because of his aggressive behavior. So it's just a freaking shit show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a shit show. Mm-hmm. And nobody cares. Yeah. Like, they're just letting him. Do they, like, what do they think that he's going to amount to be whenever he grows up? Like, (laughs) I know (laughs) it's It's like the kid needs an intervention. Like this is a mess. A swift kick in the ass is what he needs. And uh, for mommy and daddy to take away the money, it sounds like. Yeah, the credit card, right? I think I did actually put some notes in here about stuff I already talked about. So I'm going to read it anyways. The behavior detailed in the legal filing is consistent with the picture revealed of Paul Murdoch when he was taken to the hospital following the boat crash that killed Beach. He was belligerent, unruly, and appeared intoxicated, according to prior reporting by the Island Packet and Beaufort Gazette newspapers. Why that matters now is because of how the police deviated from regular practice when investigating the offense of boating under the influence and how Paul Murdoch's father attempted to interfere with the police investigation. So, yeah, I mean, it all is like very suspicious. Right. His actions prompted speculation in the community that the powerful family was attempting to use its influence to cover up for Paul Murdoch's actions, which like low-key obviously (laughs) right well and i wonder if she wouldn't have died like let's just say she broke both of her arms and her legs Mm -hmm. or whatever she hadn't been super injured like if it wasn't you know none of this like it all just would have Mm -hmm. gotten swept under the rug Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. i would say also for sure no doubt In a recent one month, or in a recent, which is one month ago, interview done with Dateline, Marty Cook, who's Connor's father, claims that shortly after the accident, Alex called him to say that it was his son driving the boat, not Paul. This is in quotes. It says, we were fairly good friends coming up through high school. And what shocked me was that, you know, he would be willing to use my son, Connor, as a scapegoat to get his son out of something that his son actually did. Cook tells Melvin, you know, that hurt, you know, thought I had a little better standing with him than that, but I don't think anybody has any standing with Alex Murdoch. Like Mm -hmm. I understand wanting to do everything that you can for your child, Mm -hmm. but I also am a strong believer that if your child does something bad, they have to be punished for it. Like if you, that's what I'm trying to teach evie right now is to keep that kid out of jail with her freaking aggression issues that she's got going on that's my sole (laughs) purpose in life is to make sure she's not in jail he's out of prison yes for putting hands on somebody and like but if she did while it would kill you as a parent Mm -hmm. they are their own person and they have to be held accountable for things that they do well, and I would just like to say that it's more unlikely that Evie is going to do something like that because you are a good person. Well, and, and I'm raising beat her. her butt. But you know what? This Alex Murdoch, he probably grew up the same way as yeah. Paul. I mean, I have to imagine. So he just is letting it happen and just, you know, letting all of these things go. I don't know. It's a mess. And two, if you just. That picture that you said you see everywhere. I mean, look at these guys. They have yeah. shark eyes. They do have black eyes, like a doll's eyes. 
like jaws i like that sometimes in people but like there's are obviously shark eyes there's a difference between dark eyes and shark eyes well the dark dad looks nuts. souls yes he looks insane which will come up later <laughs> because like his face is not okay that is not that is him trying super hard to be happy like he's, that is he's fake. just he's just yeah something inside of a meat suit yeah it's not human yeah. like in men in black he needs sugar yeah. water <laughs> <laughs> right uh, it just doesn't fit right on the bones does it no he did not pick the right suit for him um yeah wow that's i don't know that's crazy so this is just the beginning of some things that are going on now friends i mean if you want to you could google and find out the rest of the story but if not cliffhanger because there is so much more to come after this and it's and already it's a wild crazy. freaking ride i'm like yeah. holy cow and it only gets crazier crazier That's- and it's like uh you won't see it coming at least um. i didn't see it coming well, I'm so, excited you know. because I know nothing about any of this. I'm finding out the the first go of it. Hence, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it was well, already not good. not good. It's already not good. Somebody's already dead. This is well, and I would say too that as far as like innocent people in this family's life go, these two were the the worst ones to get the wrath. You know, Mallory mm-hmm. Beach. If you look at her, if you read about her, like sweet girl whole life ahead of her she's gorgeous Mm -hmm. so young you know it just is really really sad she was lost so soon and then the housekeeper gloria nothing but great things about her her family loved her they really miss her and you know she didn't deserve that well and she devoted her whole life life. to that family yeah Mm -hmm. taking care of them like that is Mm -hmm. infuriating and you know Um, nothing Nothing has come to say that they killed her yet. They I'm did. just waiting. I'm just waiting, honestly. I'll but, say it. They did but it. At minimum, they took away the money that was there to help the family after the, the fact, you know. Which so only just, makes you look more suspicious. Like they thought he thought he was gonna get away with it though, Allie. Like he did dumb. not think that this was ever going to come back to bite him. And honestly, everything started falling apart because of this boat accident. Mm -hmm. That's when they started investigating things. And that's when I think this whole thing with the Gloria, the housekeepers like busted open and they realized that they were siphoning funds, like all of that. It all came crashing down after this boat accident. Well, and if anything, you know, it's so sad that Mallory has passed because of somebody's stupid actions but at least Mm -hmm. she can you know her memory can be a good thing in the face of hopefully taking this family down Mm -hmm. you know yeah and mal just to kind of end it on talking about mallory again her aunt said her niece loved animals especially dogs and there's a nonprofit charity that was created to honor her memory called mal's pals and it raises money to build um a new animal shelter in hampton county south carolina so that's adorable Mm -hmm. and this picture of her with this dog is the cutest thing i've ever seen in my life isn't it it just breaks your heart it really does what would she have done now you know 2022 what would she have grown up to be you know Mm -hmm. it just sucks and you just never know and it's just so sad because it makes me even more mad off the fact that it was just some spoiled little shit not listening his, to anybody mm, else yeah. who's trying to speak reason you know it's just disgusting wow all right well do you want to say your sources yeah i do sorry speaking of dogs <laughs> <laughs> um i use cnn.com wikipedia msn.com newyorkpost.com cbsnews.com fitznews.com and the dateline podcast for this episode and then actually hold on one second because i also like i said have been listening to a podcast today about it and it's a little like 
there's like 80 episodes and I can't tell if it's all about this family oh wow yeah and it goes back and forth like it it is very large so you know I don't really know I haven't listened to all of it obviously I've listened to a couple of episodes not even in order I just like clicked out a couple about the boating accident and it's called the Murdoch Family Murders Impact of Influence with Matt Harris and Seton Tucker so we'll add that to the things that I used also because I'm listening to it and I'm sure I said something from there but awesome. yeah it's it's a lot so join us next week for part two where it gets crazier if you can imagine and yeah. don't google it if you want to be surprised <laughs> i'm not gonna google it even though i really want to now because i need like <laughs> it's so long before we get to do this again but i will be strong be strong i will because it's bananas I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe listen to the Dateline podcast because I don't know if we're going to hit the surprise quite as... I mean, it was so surprised to me. I did not see it coming. <laughs> and Dateline really did it. I was at work and I was like, what? Like, <gasps> <gasps> Rewind. <laughs> so, you know. But yeah, it just... Join us. Yes. Next week. For the Murdoch family. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode 122 on the Murdoch family, uh, Big Fish in a Small Pond, part one. And we will see you next week with part two. Everybody have a good week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.